This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. For our teaching time today, we are going to go over the psalm reading. Psalm 8. Now, at first, this psalmist starts out, and we see that it's a praise psalm, of course, for the excellence of God. Now, how can we use our language to describe God? Awesome. Yeah, well, the thing of it is, it's like trying to describe the Rocky Mountains or the Grand Canyon in three sentences or fewer. Because we just don't have the understanding enough to describe God's power and his perfection. It's like, gee, we can't relate to that because we're not perfect and our vocabulary is limited. And so God's creative power is just beyond our ability to grasp in A.W. Tozer describes God's nature like this. We must not compare the being of God with any other as we just now compared the mountain with, in this story, he was just telling the mountain with the child. But we must not think of God as highest in an ascending order of beings starting with a single cell and going up from the fish to the bird to the animal to man to angel to cherub to God. This would be to grant God eminence, even preeminence. But that is not enough. We must grant him transcendence in the fullest meaning of that word. Forever God stands apart in light unapproachable, he is as high above an archangel as above a caterpillar, is but finite. While the gulf between God and the archangel is infinite, the caterpillar and the archangel, though far removed from each other in the scale of created things, are nevertheless one in that they are all alike created. They both belong in the category of that which is not God and are separated from God by infinitude itself. And so we see that Tozer has a very high view of God as we ought to. He is beyond our feeble language's ability to describe. Now, think about this in the wonder of the creation. How excellent is your name in all the earth. And we have set your glory above the heavens because think about the wonder of the human body. Believe it or not, the human body is a miracle. Although some of us may look in the mirror in the morning and not be that impressed. However, the human brain has 10 billion, with a B, nerve cells interacting in coordination to allow us to function as we do. Your eyes have about 100 million receptor cells in each retina, 
which also contains four other layers of nerve cells. The system makes billions of calculations per second, traveling through your optic nerve to the brain, which has more than a dozen separate vision centers to process it. Your skin has more than two million tiny sweat glands, about 3,000 per square inch to regulate your temperature. Your heart beats an average of 75 times per minute, 40 million times per year, or two and a half billion times in 70 years. It pumps about 3,000 gallons of blood per day. Your body is supported by more than 200 finely designed bones connected to more than 500 muscles and many tendons and ligaments. Some muscles respond to your conscious will, whereas some react automatically. Your digestive system contains about 35 million glands that secrete juices to digest your food and sustain your life. And we haven't even gotten to the lungs or the other senses yet. Your endocrine glands, your immune system, and much more, and it all works together. Verse 2 says, Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength because of your enemies. Does God have enemies? Yeah, lots of them. And we see that every day if you actually dare to look at the news on television or on your social media profiles, you know, where they come down and you scroll through and see all these news items that have been posted by other people. And one of these would be the imagine. Strangely named Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. You know who those are? It's a group of men who dress up as nuns, women, and then do an act that profanes and blasphemes the name of God. And the Los Angeles Dodgers, the baseball team, hosted them at one of their games. The people complained and they disinvited them. But this massive lobby, as it were, for the LGBTQ whatever movement forced the Dodgers to re-invite them. And so they did their act, as it were. But this is an example of some of God's enemies. You see... Tozer also wrote that when the psalmist saw the transgression of the wicked, his heart told him how it could be. There is no fear of God before his eyes, the psalmist says. He explained and in so saying revealed to us the psychology of sin. When men no longer fear God, they transgress his laws without hesitation. The fear of consequences is no deterrent when the fear of God is gone. In olden days, men of faith were said to walk in the fear of God and to serve the Lord with fear, however intimate their communion with God, however bold their prayers, 
At the base of their religious life was the conception of God as awesome and dreadful. This idea of God transcendent runs through the whole Bible and gives color and tone to the character of the saints. This fear of God was more than a natural apprehension of danger. It was a non-relational dread, an acute feeling of personal insufficiency in the presence of God Almighty. You see, when we throw off the shackles, as we call them, of God and His laws and His holiness, we're, we see no limit to anything we might do. And so... David continues in verse 3, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the things we've already talked about, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. David wonders, with this vast universe and all of that, what's man that you would even bother with him? Well, David was amazed, and he wonders why. Have you ever seen the T-shirt that has this view of the galaxy, of the Andromeda or whatever on it, and it's got a little arrow, and it points to a little dot on the dot design, and it says, you are here. Have you seen that? That is, a, that is from the thought of us being so insignificant that, you know, why think about it? You know, why wonder? But the answer to David's question is in this passage. Out of this whole array, Derek Kidner says, from stars to sea creatures, only man can look at this scene with the insight to ask such a question. So only we have the ability to look at this situation and say, why bother with us, God? Now, even in doubt, therefore, it already points to the answer. Further, man has been taught to say thy and thou in such a setting, not only to acknowledge a creator, but to converse with him. From his side, God shows in Isaiah 40, verse 26 and following, that the right inference from his ordered heavens is not his remoteness, but his eye for detail. And adds in Isaiah 45, 18, that he planned no meaningless and empty universe, but a home for his family. David's question can be asked with many nuances, but it reeks of arrogance if we think that we have gone so far that we are beyond God's reach because, as Derek Kidner points out, God designed this world to have fellowship with us. So what is man? Dignified and created in God's image. We're the only critters on the earth that are created in God's image. So God gave us the authority to rule over creation. You read that through verses 6 and 8. And to wrap up, the psalm ends the way it begins. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We need to take note. The psalm ends by exalting God, by worshiping God. There's praise to the Lord in this. The psalm ends with a 
statement of victory that God is totally awesome. Now, what this means for us is that our lives need by our words and actions to exalt the Lord also. So we need to make sure that our relationship with God is right. So by our words and our actions and all the things we do and say, we are a walking testimony to God's greatness. We are a living epistle. We are, by our words and our deeds and the things we do and say, we are praise machines, as it were, made to create, made in the image of our Creator and made to exalt God. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living.